Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to all the Brisbane Football News NPL Sunday Show. It is Scott and Adam as usual as we recap another big week in Queensland football. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, looks like a big week where it was raining more than just rain, and it seems like the uh, goals came raining, especially in the uh, in the top division. I was going to say a big week, but it's also another wet weekend here in Queensland. Once again, with a number of fixtures postponed due to the weather, which allows us to focus on the games which did go ahead. But you're right; it was a very big weekend in terms of goals. It was, and um, yeah, a few a few shock results and uh, a few that we just didn't see coming. This is the Brisbane Football Review's NPL, so you can keep in touch with us on all of our socials to search for Brisbane Football Review and keep up for our podcast every weekend. We'll jump straight in now, Adam, to the NPL men's competition and go to the game which ended the round, actually, at Goodwin Park. It was a 6-1 win for Olympic FC over Peninsula Power this evening. And goals from three from Zach Kierpal, two from Daniel Leck, and one from Takera Okada for the home side. Josh Woolley did get a goal back for Peninsula Power, but... Just on Olympic, it, firstly, Adam, it was from their point of view an absolutely outstanding attacking performance. Yeah, this is the one thing that we we thought having a look at seeing who they who they recruited in that attacking sort of uh, attacking line for them. That and their Olympic were just irresistible tonight. Uh, everything they pretty much touched turned to goal, and there was probably even some a few goals they left out there, a few a few uh, butchered sort of chances as well, which uh, obviously means that it's not wasn't the perfect game, and it gives uh, Ben Khan something to sort of work upon. But they they completely blew away the defending premiers. As the coaches always like to find something to use as a marker for an improvement, but a six-one win when you had two goals ruled out late for offside, and another couple as you mentioned. Which you probably they probably could have taken as well. It it was a very very convincing performance at home. It's the first time I've seen Olympic in person this year, and that was a very that was an outstanding attacking performance. Yeah, it's the second time I've seen him. I saw him away at um at uh, at the Young Roar at Underwood Park where they they absolutely smashed them five nil. And this was this harks a similar performance when that yeah that attacking. The attacking players of uh, Olympic are on song. They are going to be very, very hard to stop. And they, they prove against tonight, handing uh, potential power a record defeat in the MPL era uh, with that uh, 6-1 loss. That's a very tough night for potential power. We'll talk about them in just a moment. But back to Olympic, that attack. It seems like that Kipel has really added something to them, hasn't he, in terms of being a, a pure number nine that they haven't really had for the last couple. It's probably not since Alex Smith retired from playing his days. They haven't had that real number nine who can really lead the line for them. And Zach Kierpel, I think, got 16 goals last year for Morton Bay. He's already on eight this year for Olympic. He's made a massive difference, hasn't he? Well, he's he's a game changer as far as the way uh, Olympic have played their football. Like the last couple of years, they've pretty much played with a false nine. Especially last year, you had Shelford Dias and uh, Daniel Lex spending time in that number nine role. Uh, the, I guess the last time that they had a player 
you mentioned Alex Smith um, that for that half a season in twenty in twenty twenty when they had uh, Tasker Sakia up here, it's probably the only other time you say that they had a number nine, and he, and even Sakia was not really a num a out and out striker. What what um, Zach Kipal does bring into the bring into perspective is not only you know at the feet, but he also is is a very very good header of the ball as he did with the at the opening goal. So he he really is a game changer, and I think that's what makes uh, Olympic just that more dangerous, more dangerous than what they re uh, were. Yeah, Ski is a different sort of problem in the front there, wasn't he? But it was a really good performance from. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, from what do you make? What about from Powell's perspective, Adam? I mean, look, I mean, they weren't they weren't terrible. Well, they, well, they would they were certainly competitive for the majority of the game. It's just, is it is this where we see this regeneration of power and coming in in terms of the younger players they're bringing through? Not that they didn't play well, but this is this is the learning moment for them where they arise. This is the This is the highest quality sort of level in the NPL. I need this is the level I need to get to. Is that kind of a fair assumption of where it is from Power's perspective? Uh, look, I think it's a bit of both. I think, yeah, that uh, obviously this is the first time that this new squad has been absolutely put to the blowtorch as far as who they've, who they've played against. Obviously, the uh, uh, they, they had that loss in week one against... Uh, against uh, Sunshine Coast. That was probably more down to week one. They've had disruption. And obviously, going to Ballinger Park is not an easy feat in this league anymore. And uh, then that, that narrow 4-3 loss against Lions, well, you can sort of say that they were in the game and got, got pipped at the post. But this is one game where you can say that they were, they were, they were outplayed. But they weren't embarrassed. Um, like I said, they, they, they sort of were in the game as much, but uh, look, Olympic were just clinical. And uh, I think it's a part of that as well. But we also said about Lions after they got, they got absolutely smashed by uh, Gold Coast Knights by the same margin in week one. Ever since then, they haven't looked back. So it may be just a, a reset for them that, you know, maybe they're not as that, you know, there are a few issues as far as that. And, you can even use the old cliche that it just wasn't their night. And uh, look, I think a case of you know, the fact that they, they did League Six, which is the most they've ever leaked in in the league. Uh, and they've only, from what I remember, they've only leaked six months before. And that was in a um, FA Cup Round 7 uh, match against Lions a few years ago. Uh, this is certainly it's new territory because Power do not normally you know, hemorrhage goals like this. Absolutely. A bit of a tough night for Peninsula Power. Noted about that. Now, after the game, we did catch up with the head coach of Olympic FC, Ben Carnes. That's what Ben had to say after his side picked up a 6-1 win this evening over Peninsula Power. Yeah, I was joined by the coach of Olympic, Ben Carnes. Ben, 6-1 winners here over Peninsula Power. That must have been much better than you would have expected before the game. Um, yes, yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good result. Um, we, you know, we're very disappointed with the four points we've dropped in the last two games. Uh, so we... You know, we, we, we really focused on a, on, a, on a good performance today and, and we knew, you know, all the focus was on how we played and being a bit uh, you know, a bit closer to, to where we see the team and, and we knew if we got it right um, and, we, and we did the things we had to do that we'd, we'd get a, a good result. But, yeah, to, to beat a really strong team in a top-of-the-table clash like that's really encouraging, really happy. Absolutely. This is the first time you've played any of those teams who are notionally in that big four. It must be really pleasing to make a statement first up against one of those sides. Yeah, look, look, it's um, we, we haven't really looked at it like that. It's a, it's a game at a time at the moment. Um, I think the the league is the way it is. Is every you know there's a lot of good teams. Everybody can take points off everybody, um, and and for us it's just one game at a time. And, and we uh, you know just try and make sure that we prepare for the game ahead of us. 
in terms of positives, that front third today must have really pleased you. Not just individual, collectively, that front third seemed to be really clicking and look like really good combinations, really building, isn't it? It was a really good attacking performance. I mean, it's not not a secret that you know we we last two weeks without Shannon and Taki we we struggled, um, struggled to create, struggled to get in behind teams. But uh, yeah, Takeri was brilliant today, and, and we had the luxury of bringing Shannon on to to help us get in behind as the game went on. And also, um, Zach Kipal in particular got himself a hat trick tonight. What does he add differently to the front that you haven't had in the last couple of years? But it seems like he just brings something different in that front third for you. Yeah, look, he's. Um, Zach's, a, you know, he's a, he's a powerful athlete. He's a very, very hungry goal scorer. Uh, he's a willing runner. You know, presses very well. Defends really well with the team when we when we're defending our own half. Um, he's he's you know he, you know, in the in the past years we've had we've had players there that have been really good in terms of link up and combinations and coming into midfield, but have maybe lacked a, a true goal threat, especially last year. Um, Whereas, whereas you know, we brought Zach in because we, well, he scored goals at this level already. But you know, the player profile he is, he's um, he's a handful for defenders. He's very, very hungry to get into goal scoring areas, and he's yeah, he's must be horrible to play against. It was also a focus that was a lot of really fast players in front though, because he's got keepers, got pace, Lech, Brady, Yelich, Chakardi. Is that something you really focused on? Was building a, a quick, a quick front third? Um, look, we. Not necessarily in terms of, of raw speed. Um, yeah, it was more about the type of players we could put close to each other to, to um, you know, to, to bring out the best in each other and cause real problems for teams that we play against. And I think the challenge for us is going to be to, to keep those boys fit and available because when they're all fit, we're very, very difficult to stop. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think the speed is, is, is great for us. It's... Um, it's, uh, it's defending against speed is one of the hardest things to do in the game, of course. Absolutely, you mentioned you've got taking it one game at a time. You have Lions away next week. Your thoughts on that matchup? Because it's obviously very early in the year. It's not too much on at the moment, but it's always a very interesting match when you guys get together. Yeah, always. Look, Lions are as as good as they they always are. Um, you know, they're a superb club, and they, you know the the football departments you know really you know really well looked after and they do things very professionally and you know that the team's going to be prepared and you know that you know, it's, a, it's a, as big for them as it is for us and it's of course it's going to be close and we'll uh, we'll do everything we can to go there and get a positive result all right thank you there to ben for his time once again out there at goodwin park so then we'll move on to the other games now played in round eight of the MPL men's and there's one in particular I know which you want to talk about Adam I'm going to make you wait just a little bit longer <laughs> for that we'll cover some of the other games first on on Saturday night there were a pair of draws firstly Eastern Suburbs 2 Sunshine Coast Wanderers 2 Kai Fechner and Lo- sorry Oliver Duncan and Ethan Galbraith put the Wanderers 2-0 up in this game after 50 minutes Adam but Kai Fechner and Lawrence Kant got goals inside the last five minutes to get Easter to all draw is this for you and is this for you a really positive sign for Easter that once again to keep fighting and get the point or is it yet again the Wanderers do so well to get the lead away from home and aren't quite able to see the job out? Well it's the second second week running where where Sunshine Coast have been in a winning position on the road, which we know that they, they sort of seem to have, have struggles at the time. We we've you know, established that you know Ballinger Park for them is almost a fortress. But uh yeah, like I said, they've they've left another two points on the table uh with you know, with a, with another sort of late uh, sort of capitulation. Uh for from for their part, East, obviously they they are the surprise package at the moment. Uh they they, they seem to sort of 
be taking points off you know, the top teams and such on coast. Look, let's not make no mistake. They they are one of the better teams in the league. You know, obviously they sixth place finished last year for East. They they've um they've moved in the top four based on this. Obviously a few games here or there will probably see them sort of land in fifth or sixth. But um look they they're having a great season at the moment. Uh, East. So whatever David Booth is doing for East, they 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 really need to be commended for it. He's certainly rival. Rejuvenated that squad, there's no doubt about that. And I think five points out of nine against the teams they've played in the last seven days. That would have been a very, a very happy David Booth last night to get those results. Um, the other game played on Saturday night, Adam, was a three-all draw down on the Gold Coast between Gold Coast United and Lions to see Sam Smith, Shane Smelt, and Justin McKay on the score sheet for the home side. Matt Rodenton and Alex Fechner gave gave Lions well, Rodenton gave Lions the lead early. Fechner got another goal as we expect from him in the last two weeks. But John Carlos Solzano popped up in the 93rd minute to rescue a point for Lions. Now, it's a good point in the end for Lions, but from the Gold Coast perspective, we know they've been really desperate to pick up points against the big clubs in this competition. Would you, do you think Greg Pinnick would be happy to get the point at home to Lions or a bit frustrated the fact that they were in the winning position and weren't quite able to see see the job out? I think I think it might be a, a little bit frustrating for for him that uh, that yeah that they were in a winning position and they've sort of let slip so late. I think um, I think I think Gold Coast United passed the point where this is an honourable an honourable draw. I think that they they where they their ambition lies. They need to be you know converting this one point into three points if they're gonna if they're ever gonna challenge you know, for for finals and you know, and beyond. The, the, these are the games where you know, that one point you know, needs to become three. And I think that I think that they would be. That I think yeah, there'd be the frustration is that they they had lines almost beat, but uh, yeah, the old the old fox. Um, John Carlos Solorzano, he's uh, he's rescued uh, Lions, but I think for Lions as well, I think they'd be relieved that you know they've, they've escaped Goway, Talabudra, ambush, and uh, and like I said, they uh, they at least uh, get a point out of that game. But uh, yeah, they they um, there's plenty of experience um, in in a lot of those goals that were scored, uh, some and as well as some rising stars as well. So uh, entertaining game, but yeah, I don't, I don't think either side would be too thrilled with that result. No, I wouldn't imagine so. They keep finding a way, they don't they align to see. Okay, so the game, the game which started the round in the NPL mental position was on Friday night out there at Walter Park. It was a 9 0 win for Morton Bay United over Capalboro C. Three goals from Rio Wino, hat trick for Rio Wino, a hat trick for, for Marquez Walters, as well as two for Lyndon Farr and one for Chris Ma. Adam, I know you you were a little bit concerned about this as a bit of a more as a Morton Bay supporter. How do you how are you feeling now? <laughs> you it, was know, a, it was a really good performance from Mosman. In all seriousness, they did play really well, Morton Bay, in terms of their attacking talent. It was great to see the the attacking intent they've had finally get its reward. Admittedly, yeah, I was a little bit nervous going into this game. This is a, this is a game that you know could have, you know, especially given that Kapalabar just took two points off Olympic. Um, uh, if yeah, uh, it'd be uh, in the game previously, and uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it, I think the the planets seem to align for uh, Morton Bay's attack, and like I said, this was this was just an absolute you know, blitzkrieg as far for that. It started with a Rio Ono penalty, and it just went downhill from there for um, for Morton Bay uh, for for Kabalabar, um, as far as 
yeah, they just they just leak goals, you know, continuously. It's good good to see good to see Marquez Walters go, go finally get the score, should get get a hat trick. Uh, Rio, I know we know we know how good he is. So so yeah, he uh, he collected bagful. But it's always a good day when Chris Marquez on the score sheet as well. When he's when he's scoring as well, it means things are going well. So and uh, obviously in Lyndon Farr as well, he's he's obviously also a very 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 talented player, and he picked up a couple of goals himself. So all in all, I think it was the it was the perfect sort of you know, bounce back. I think the season was so threatened to get away from Morton Bay and while you don't take any pleasure out of your absolute you know, smashing a team nine nil. I think for Morton Bay, I think it's more self-reflective that you know that that yeah, they know that they can they can play and play well. Um, it is a night where they sort of you know, put it all together. But uh, look, Capalabar, oh geez, I I don't know. This is like I said, un, unlike it's, it's not the same case as what we saw tonight with Peninsula Power. Uh, look, some of the goals that uh, Capalabar slipped to Morton Bay. On Friday night were just you know it was schoolboy stuff almost and yeah look it, it's very very hard to say anything really positive you know out, out of that performance compelled but unfortunately yeah it's a bit like that well firstly Chris Barr doesn't score many goals he certainly enjoyed that one when he did score it down there at the southern end there at Walter Buck on Friday night but with Capalabar, I think you're right it's a it's very difficult for them it's, a, it's just it just seems like there's just not much consistency with them they seem to be able to get a result or two at home. In terms of back there at at John Frederick's Oval down there at Capella, it's just away from home at the moment. They're not really. They seem like they're really struggling, don't they? And it's just it's defense. Is it? Do you think it's defense? They need to tighten it up, or is it across the board? I think. Um, look, I think it's across the board. They they hardly fired a shot on on Friday night. It was it was a complete after the two. Two, the first two or three goals went in. It was almost like a complete capitulation to a point. You never, you, you never take any joy out of saying that about opponent, but it just really sort of, you know, just seemed to just pile on and pile on. Five nil at half time, uh, and I know it's very hard to do anything about that, especially if you don't sort of, you know, it just doesn't seem to be much resilience. I think this was a game where, you know, I think five nil. They thought, well, look, what, what can we do? Yeah, you know, like it's it's very very different. So, like I said, we can try and find yeah you know, little bits and puzzles or sales are anomaly for um, you know you know pen power, you know and and you know it's the lines of week one even though they got beat by you know similar similar score lines. But so, yeah, if you to, to concede nine at this level, um, history has sort of said that you know yeah the uh, the trap door is about to open. That is interesting to be in the way. And for Morton Bay, particularly one last thing that has certainly corrected there. Goal difference problems merged. We'll now have a positive goal difference. As we look at the table, we'll get to where they are in a moment. But at the top of the table is Olympic FC. We're on 20 points from eight games. Played. They have a four-point lead over Lions FC, who are on 16 points from seven games. Played. So they've got a game in hand, potentially to close that gap a little bit. Peninsula Power are on 15 points from eight games in third. And Eastern Suburbs are on 11 points from seven games played, rounding out the top four. Moving further down the table, Gold Coast Knights didn't play this weekend after their game against the Raw was postponed. They are on 10 points from six games played, so a couple of games in hand for the Knights. And you have the Wanderers also on 10 points from seven games played. And you have Gold Coast United on eight points after seven games. Logan on seven, Brisbane Raw on seven. Both those sides have played six games. They've got a couple in hand on teams above them. Morton Bay have four points from seven games, six games played as well. Then you've got Brisbane City on four Anchor Palabar on two. So the table, Adam, it's Eastern Suburbs, obviously, they're the, they're the team who are probably overachieving compared to what we both thought at the start of the year. But apart from that, the table looks 
pretty much the way you would have thought, but the teams at the top are up there, and the teams down the bottom are probably the way we thought it might go as well. Yeah, East is pretty much the ones that you know, are, are the surprise. Uh, Sunshine Coast as well, probably we had them you know, in, our, in our predictions, probably a, a bit lower at this stage as well. They're obviously but they're on par with where they were last season. So, um, yeah, probably Raw's the other one that are, are down sort of where down where sort of, you know, a bit further down than we thought they would be. But, uh, yeah, it's going to get a bit tricky for a while now with with uh, games postponed. There's still the uh, the rest of round one still played uh, midweek this week coming up. So that, that'll sort of correct a few things. But, uh, yeah, until these until these games get played that were postponed over the um, over the weekend, it might sort of you know, give false readings on this table. But, yeah, you're right. There is a pattern developing. The, the teams that – the top teams are quickly rising to the top and the teams that are struggling at the moment are being found out. Absolutely. Certainly, see what happens with some of these midweek games, both from round one and potentially games rained out for the thing. We'll have to see which games do – get played on our socials. We'll get that to you whenever those games are confirmed. We'll move on, Adam, to the NPL Women's Competition where there were three games played out of four from round number three so far. Olympic FC had a 2-1 win over the QAS on Friday night. Luis Suero and I'm trying to get the other, Brianna Juliard, I think the second goal scorer was. I apologise if I've got that. Brooklyn Juliard, I beg your pardon, got the winner in the 90th minute for Olympic FC in that one. It was a nil-all draw at Walter Park on Saturday night between Moreton Bay and the QAS. And in the one game played on Sunday, Adam, it was a 5-0 win for Lions FC over Eastern. So it was two goals from Mariel Hecker, two from Rebecca, two from Tegan Riding, and one from Rebecca Kirkup there to give them the win there. Adam, that's a pretty good result, though, from the QAS. They were really, they seem like, I know they went down on Friday night, but they're a really solid side, aren't they, in terms of they've got some really good young players, as we saw when we watched them play a week ago on Sunday. Yeah, uh, this again, this is another solid effort. Like I said, the results probably not there, but again, uh, the performance certainly was. And uh, yeah, uh, unlucky defeat. Uh, I, th- I thought they were good for a point after Johnny Fisher uh, equalised with about eight minutes to go. But look, this Olympic team, they, they also look uh, like that they, they could be um, a chance as well to really sort of factor into the final, finals race. So that's a good win. For, for Olympic at home, their first home game of the season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, QAS, I wouldn't be um, sort of just discouraged about at the moment. Look, as we as we say every week, the disclaimer with them is sometimes performance, uh, you know, is more important than the than the actual results. But at the moment, they're actually putting the results in. And uh, you certainly can say that... Uh, that two one a two one defeat and defeat and in stoppage time, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. Absolutely. Now I won't get you to break down the nil all draw at Walter Park, Adam, but I will get you to talk about the low in for Lions over a really good Eastern Suburbs side. We've seen East be really competitive to start the year, but Lions are now they've got some of their A-League women's players back. It seems like they're starting to flex their muscles a little bit. Looks like East were in this game for about 50 minutes, but uh, Mario Hacker. Uh, open scoring and that seemed and then it seemed to open the floodgates. So I think that I think that's again with Lions. I think that seems that was probably going to be the pattern you'll see is that I think teams will try their best to stifle. They'll they'll try and you know do their best to try hold on as much as they can. But once they they get rolling, um, it's 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 just it's just like an avalanche. It's just hard hard to stop. And uh, yeah, look, I, I would I would guess just we didn't see the game because we were we were at Goodwin Park when this was you know on. But I would I would suggest that um, 
that the five nil result probably flatters uh, lines a little bit. I think uh, probably East were, were a bit better than than what five nil suggests. Like I said, it's called four goals in 15 minutes. That's sort of when Lions do get mm. on a run. They certainly do get on a run. The final game in the round was scheduled to be Sunshine Coast Wanderers against South Australia. That, unfortunately, was beaten by the weather. So we'll have to see what happens with that when it, when that gets played. But we'll have a look at the table now. Adam Lions, I see they sit customary to the top of the table as usual. Three wins out of three on nine points. And it is the QAS on six. Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Olympic both on four points each, rounding out the top four. Then Eastern Suburbs have three points. Gold Coast United have two. Capalabar, Morton Bay, one. And Souths at the bottom of the table. They have a couple of games in hand. But it's it's very it looks like it's been a very even competition, doesn't it? We've seen a few players depart the, MP, the NPL Women's Competition and have to move to leagues down south. And it seems like there's an even spread now amongst the, most of the teams in this competition, which is a which is a good thing to see. I think if you if you uh, sort of have a Lions out table, I think it's going to be quite competitive. Uh, I think that I think that's where I think the real sort of battle is going to be is that is you know I think Lions are just an exceptionally an exceptional team. I think it's it's it's, it's stuff that dynasties are made of, and I, I think it's going to take a real off day or a real special effort from eleven players to beat. That side this season, in fact, you know, no one's beaten beaten them in uh, almost almost two years now. So it's going to be one of those things where this is going to be a historic history making team. But I think the battle after that, uh, headed by you know, QAS, you know, I think that's that's going to be where the the real competition is going to be in this league. So I think uh, top to bottom, I do think it's actually quite it's actually quite balanced from from there. And that any of those other eight teams. Uh, realistically, on their day, can can get a result, but uh, yeah, I think Lions is the, is the big dark. I'll say dark shadow, but it's the big um, big shadow at the top. But you know, it's going to be very very hard to beat. They're, they are they are the Everest of of this um of this league. Very much so. I think I think the other eight MPL women's teams would be very happy if you were able to remove Lions from the equation. No doubt about that. Now, one <laughs> other club who would probably like to remove Lions. From the equation as we move into FQP at once is the Brisbane Strikers. I'm sure they'd be very happy to do that as well. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm putting words in their <laughs> mouth, but we'll move on to FQP on and the Brisbane Strikers. They were at home to Redlands United on the Saturday night as we look through round eight of FQP one. And Redlands United they went to the went to park the Paris Adam and won the game by two goals to one. Two goals from Rio Amoto, one from the penalty spot, another well taken goal after that. Jordan Freena got a goal back for the strikers. It's a really good win that for Redlands, isn't it? A team who were really com- were competitive at times last year in the NPL, but probably now that they've dropped into the FQPL, they really start to find some real form of consistency, aren't they? Well, they're pretty much almost um, they've almost carried on where they were at the end of last season. You got to remember that they they came home in a real in a real flurry. I think they got twenty of twenty four points late in the season or something like that. I haven't numbers in front of me, and they only fell they felt the last hurdle to to uh, survive uh, by by losing to Capalabar in in the final game of the season. They've they've gone on and you know, they've they've won a six out of seven six. Is that right? Six out of seven, or I think that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For five, six, so they, they've had a they've had a good run. They they lead the FQPL, so um, they they I think they are I guess you know fairly understated at the moment. It's, it's basically by, by and large it's the same 
same squad that they had had that got relegated. So I think Graham Harvey has has got this side sort of really sort of go going well, and I think that's a deserved leader of the of FQPL one at the moment. They're going very well, no doubt about that. From the strikers' perspective, it's uh, three games without a win for them. Is it a little bit of a uh, little bit of panic stations potentially now for them? Uh, not yet, not yet. I, I think that's they're still close enough. That I think it's it's a concern. It's uh, I think uh, veteran uh, Bessie Vegovic needs to needs to sort of you know maybe change something up uh, because I think they've they've been sort of I think the top sides have their measure. But certainly they're, they're close enough and they just they just need to start, you know, find that winning form. As you said, uh, without a win in three now and they need to they need to sort of you know, keep moving if they want to get promoted. Absolutely. The other big game from FQPL 1 round 8 was up in Mackay at Solgin Canova between the Roadstar Rovers and Magpies Crusaders. And, and it was a win, a 3-2 win for the Roadstar Rovers. Two goals from Marek Madeleine, one from Greg Cheshire. Gave them the win up there. Liam Shipton and Yunya Yabe got goals for the home side. That's a really good win, that, for for Roadstars. And we know that Magpies have had their own issues this year with the coaching change and all the rest of it, but that's still a very tough place to go. And it's the first time Roadstars as a squad have, have been able to make that trip up there. So it's a really good result for them. Yeah, it's it's they they've um sort of turned it around. They had their own sort of form dip uh, at, at one stage. There, I think they they went winless in three, but they've, they've you know now taken out strikers and Magpies Crusaders in back to back weeks. They they sit uh, in second at the moment, and I think that they uh, I think they've they've found they've certainly found their form at the moment. They they just need to go continue on with that. I think they're they're another side. You've got to say that they're, they're going to be right in it as far as the promotion race. They most certainly will. The other games from FQPL one this weekend. Caboolture FC went out to switch nights and came away with a two one way. Not not sure on the goal scores on that one, unfortunately. But up on the Sunshine Coast, it was a two one win for the home side, Sunshine Coast over Mitchell and two goals from one James cancelled out an early goal from Adam Mega. That's a quite impressive win for for Sunshine Coast, isn't it? To come from a goal down against a Mitchell side, which have got a tremendous amount of quality, but just can't seem to put it all together at the moment, can they? Yeah, there is such on coast. They can if they can pick up a few wins and uh, sort of you know, try and avoid uh, a few sort of losses. I think they they certainly uh, could fit, factor. They've got, got seemingly they've got a squad that's good enough to to hang with the best um, the best in the league. But uh, yeah, they just need to uh, make those make the results count. Uh, Mitchelton at the moment, just, they're just, just way too inconsistent. They, they, they can be wild beaters one day, but that, that defense, uh, it, it is an issue uh, for, for them. And uh, look, the, the side they've got, they, they should be higher than, than, than where, where they are at the moment. But again, 87 games played and still a third of the season to go at least. So they, they've got time to rectify it, but yeah, five, five losses already this season. It's, um, yeah, it's it's just the inconsistencies what's plaguing them. They did start slowly last year, while finishing with a wet sail. See if they can do that once again. Just quickly, we shouldn't gloss over the the Caboolture Ipswich Knights. So that's a really important result that for Terry Kirkham and his side out there in Ipswich today, isn't it? Three games without a win going into today, a tough place to go out there at Stan McRae Field to get a result is probably a really really positive boost for them in terms of re- rebounding and getting a bit of confidence back into the squad. Yeah, no, they they need the win. They 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 really need this win against Ipswich United side that they probably matched up pretty well with. And uh, and yeah, like I said, they 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 started well 
uh, and then they still got a bit of a reality check when they ran into uh, they like the Guyana win over uh, Rochdale, so they obviously can compete with the best teams in this league. But then they drop they've dropped a couple of games in the last few weeks, so they to get a win for them that uh, that probably puts them right back to, as far as you know where where they need to go, and that's uh, onwards and upwards. Obviously, the final game from the round in FQPL one was Western Pride against South Sydney because that. Unfortunately, was postponed. We'll see what happens with that potentially during the week. Looking at the table now, it is Redlands. You know, as you mentioned, they do sit top of the table on 16 points ahead of Roadstar Rovers on 14. Brisbane Strikers and Southwest Queensland Thunder, who didn't play this weekend with the bye, both those sides are on 13. There's a bit of a gap back to Magpies United. Magpies Crusaders on nine, Caboolture on nine, Sunshine Coast seven, Mitchelton six, Western Pride six, Southside Eagles four and Ipswich Knights for. So it does seem like, Adam, there's pro- there is that clear four sides, Redlands, Roadstale, Strikers, and the Thunder pushing for those promotion places back into the NPL. Queensland were all four sides. So- all three of those four sides have been in the past, and one would very much like to get there. And then after those four, it seems like there's a bit of a gap down to the rest of them. Or is there someone else from fifth down you can see potentially still moving into that race? I think uh, Caboolture at the moment they they they've won less games. So if they if they um if they're to win their catch up game, they move to twelve points, which puts them right at the foot of that uh, of that finals race. Uh, Sunshine Coast as well are there and abouts, and uh, Western Pride, who have only played five games, two wins, three three losses. If they're able to convert both their wins, they're all of a sudden also at the foot of the uh, top four as well. So again, I think this is a uh, another another league where 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 the relative positions are on the ladder at the moment is gonna is gonna change depending on when these catch up games are played. But uh, but then again, look, the, the sides that we probably expected to be up in the in the sort of the promotion battle uh, is are, are up there. So so yeah, I think again, like like the uh, in, in the MPL, I think the top sides are really sort of go you know rising to the top very quickly. Absolutely. We'll move on now to the FQPL2 competition, as we do like to call it the League of Goals, Adam. And I've just done the math in my head. Five games played, 30 goals this week in the FQPL2. So there's plenty here. We'll we'll go through the results first, then we might talk about a couple of these matchups. It did start Friday night, a three-all draw between South United and Tring Rovers. A 93rd-minute equaliser from South United there to get them a share of the spoils. Virginia United, two Winham Wolves four, a hat trick from Yoshi- Ren Yoshioka out there on Saturday night gave Winham Wolves the points in that one. Holland Park Hawks four, Grange Thistle one, two goals from Connor McCauley helped help Holland Park Hawks come from a goal down in that one. And in the two games played this afternoon, Surface Paradise four, North Star three, Sanford Rangers three, Albany Creek Excelsior three. So we'll start with. The last result there, Adam, it was a three-all draw. It does split those two sides at Surface Parrots and Albany Creek, who had both had 100% records going into the day. Surface Parrots have kept theirs, but Albany Creek has slipped up to their local rivals. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a big, big effort uh, by Samford. I know they will have enjoyed taking points from uh, from. Uh, 
uh, Albany Creek, uh, especially Cormac Malloy getting what looked like the third goal in that, which is probably the the equaliser. I'm not sure how the it was the equaliser. Uh, yeah, it was the equaliser. The end. I know he'll enjoy that one because uh, that that's now that's now had the advantage as far as the Premiership to Surface Paradise, who are now eight uh, zero. So so yeah, that, that's a, that's a uh, that's also a, a, a big point as well for Samford as well as far as as um, they as as far as their sort of prospects go. But yeah, they've really sort of you know, you know cost uh, Albany Creek big time there. Well, it's a sliding door sort of moment as well, actually, because I can tell you that Surface Paradise did get a 91st minute winner in their game this afternoon to keep that 100% winning record. So while they were able to do that. That may very well prove to be the difference because these two sides have been so close to over the first, or not, they've been keeping up with each other, I should say, over the first seven, eight weeks of the competition. Now, they will play each other in a couple of weeks' time. We're very interested to see what happens in that game. But those are the sorts of moments which can potentially result in a side getting promoted. Sometimes kickoffs as well. So that that would have happened around, around that same time where uh, if, 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 um, if uh, the Albany Creek supporters were keeping an eye on what was going on at Belex Bell Oval, uh, yeah, that would have not been happy with that drawing, drawing um, with with the uh, local rivals, uh, and then and then hearing that uh, so Paradise got out of jail. So, so yeah, but uh, look, the I think we'll get get a real read on who is the best team in that league when uh, those t- teams meet in two weeks' time. Well, just under not, two weeks. Not a good couple of minutes, that, for Albany Creek, by the way, because not only did they, did um, Surf's Paradise Apollo score in the 91st minute of their game, if they were simultaneous kickoffs, Albany Creek gave away the equaliser in the 92nd minute. So it's not, not, oh. a great, not a great couple of minutes there for Albany Creek, if that is actually the timeline of events. But looking at a couple of the other results, Adam, really good wins for both Wynnum Wolves and Holland Park Hawks, who... They're two sides who were relegated last year from FQPL1 into FQPL2. It says they both struggled at that level over the last couple of years, but it seems like they've certainly found the level here and are looking quite dangerous. Yeah, it's, it's actually good to see, uh, you know, Wolves and uh, and Holland Park, you know, sort of start to find their feet and actually start to start to sort of you know, get the results. I think the worst thing you'd want to see is that those sides, both coming out of FQPL one last season, go through the trapdoor again into the into the Metro leagues. I think um, I think for all they've invested over over the years, it would be it'd be sort of a shame to see them you know that really sort of go to waste. Yeah, I think the other side that probably that needs to be worried about is South. I think they need to be get a bit of a go go along. Um, no, so they they were able to get out of jail with a point against Taringa, who they they sort of are sort of struggling a little bit this uh, this season as well. They were they were going neck and neck uh, with neck and neck with uh, uh, with Kabulcha last year around this time as well. But they're finding something near the bottom. But I think the real surprise uh, is Grange. I think uh, Grange Thistle, who were the grand who were the grand final winners last season, uh, they they seem to be really struggling at the moment. They, they certainly are. They've got a couple of games in hand as well. Grange, so they've only played six games. Oh, they've got one game in hand. They've, got, they've played six games. The top teams have played seven, but they've only got four points. So it has been a bit of a slow start for the defending champs, no doubt about that. We'll look at the table now quickly. Surface Paradise do sit top now on their own on 21 points with Albany Creek on 19. Holland Park and Wynnum Wolves both on 11. And it's Magic United with two games in hand on nine points. So they could very well move it back into the third spot if they can win at least one of those. Sanford Rangers are on eighth. They also have two games in hand as well, so that's potentially 
to keep an eye on. North Star on seven, Virginia six, Turinga four, Grange four, Souths four, and Coomera on two. So it's a bit of a log jam in the middle, but there's, as you said, there's a couple teams of games in hand. It will be very intriguing. If they can win them, they can certainly set their seasons up quite nicely, particularly in this league, looking at Magic and Sanford. Yeah, uh, I just apologise as well. It's, uh, I said eight, eight, no, it's seven, and oh, I forgot that uh, that uh, FQPL two is around behind. So you're uh, giving him a win next week already. Uh, could be, <laughs> yeah. but um, but yeah. So, but yeah, they're, they're seven from seven. Uh, on as you say about Magic, uh, Magic United and Sanford Rangers, uh, they certainly can jump into those final spots uh, if if they are able to convert their um their games in the hand. I'm not sure if they play each other. I think actually they do. Uh, they probably do, given the games in hand situation. I imagine they yeah, play I each think, other. Yeah, so one one of those sides will cert- could certainly jump into into the uh, top four yeah, if they can if they can win that catch-up game as well. So they're two, two games arrears of um, of the uh, some of the other teams. I've seen just quickly have a quick look at the uh, FQPL1 women's results from the weekend. Round five, only two out of four games played on Friday night. Virginia went to the gap and came away with a 2-0 win and Peninsula Power had a 2-0 win away to Mitchelton this evening. It means that Peninsula Power do maintain their spot at the top of the table and they are going along very nice at the moment, aren't they? They are. Far. You can't ask for much more than that. And I do see that they are 16-0. and 0. Uh, Is that, if that's, I think that's correct, actually. They, they're yet to, yet to concede in five games, which is a hell of a turnaround considering the amount of goals they leaked uh, last season, obviously a much um, a much different field. They don't they're, they're not taking on uh, the you know, the top MPL women's teams, but still, I think uh, you can only play what's in front of you. And to go to go uh, five games without conceding goals, I think that's a hell of an achievement for that um, for that very. It's actually a very experienced um, uh, defensive line for for Peninsula Power. So they're going well, and uh, yeah, they they lead it up. Uh, so obviously they, uh, Brisbane City, obviously chasing, but um, I think that they're looking good at the moment for promotion, uh, potential power, which is uh, which I think is for the, for that for that club and I think that program, I think that's a that's a real big turnaround. Uh, on the other end of the table, it's very it's actually very very sort of alarming to see the gap, uh, oh and five and um, one goal four twenty two against in five games. Um, the once once mighty gap, I dare say that they will be. They may be ahead to FQPL2 next season. You would not would not have thought that just 18 short months ago when they were still absolutely flying. And there's an interesting stat about Peninsula Power, which I might just hold off on because it's a bit early to to jinx them, but I'm, we'll <laughs> see what happens. But we'll see what happens there. I'm looking ahead. We will do a very, we'll get to the performance week in just a moment, Adam. But firstly, have a quick look at a couple of games next weekend in the NPL men's because there's three massive fixtures. I know you could talk for a long time about the Morton Bay derby between the Jets and Peninsula Power. We might just park that one for the moment because you've got the Gold Coast derby It's starting off the Saturday afternoon ahead of the grand final replay, Lions SC against Olympic. They're two absolutely massive, massive fixtures at any time of the year, but they probably come at good times for all four of those clubs. Lions and Olympic are both playing some great football at the moment and the Gold Coast sides uh, look like they're very evenly matched at the moment. Uh, they, they are. Uh, I think uh, again in, the, in these games, especially in like geographical derbies, like the uh, you know the Gold Coast derby, 
form doesn't really count for much. I, I think, again, at the end of the day, it's 90 minutes, and this rivalry sort of go, keeps on going on and on. Uh, Gold Coast Knights will be absolutely smarting up. They got smashed last year at at the end of the season at, uh, at Croatia Sports Center. So I think they're going to want to right that wrong as well. But also, as well, Gold Coast Knights, uh, they're, they're, they're sort of in a bit of a form stomp at the moment. They um, they they need to they need to sort of get some wins quick, smart. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, they'll still find themselves, you know, giving up giving up sort of points, player points to chase on the uh, on the leading pack. So they, they're going to need a big win. The Gold Coast United as well, I think they'll gain some confidence out of, you know, taking a point away from from Lions at home. So, again, it, it, that's a big game. And then, look, uh, Olympic Lions, well, what can you say about that? Top of the top of the table, the the grand final replay, there's it, always seems to be dramas with uh, with this fixture. It, it is it is the the um, modern-day rivalry in this part of of the world. And, uh, yeah, look, I expect no different on Saturday night. Uh, just one thing I, I will mention about the Morton Bay derby is that uh, Morton Bay, you know, they go in, they go into this game on the back of a 9-0 win. Uh, Peninsula Power are coming are coming into this on the back of a 6-1 loss. So I think there's going to be plenty to be said about, about you know, what happens this game because you've got one side fly, absolutely flying after a record win against a team that are coming off the back of a record loss. So uh, be that as it may about that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I think also as well scheduling, it's not, Great, I think from football Queensland, you've got the, the. I think I can see where the fixturing goes as far as it seems to be, you know, rivalry week. But uh, it could at least you know, allow the, the neutrals to be able to see see these games. All I said, it's going to be hard to get from you know Croatia Sports Centre up to Lions without missing much, missing parts of the game. It's not great, is it? I've, there might be a rivalry weekend, but I mean, most leagues around the world, you don't typically put three massive fixtures. Like this, like for example, I don't, I don't like comparing something like that. This is what the Queen of the Premier League, but you don't see the Manchester Derby, the Merseyside Derby, and a London Derby on the same weekend. Oh, you, you, don't, you don't see that. So they, these games typically, and I know in America in the NFL when they have rivalry games, they do the same thing. They spread them out over the course. I think it's something they might need to look at going forward in terms of because each of these, each of those three games are massive, massive storylines that yeah. at any point in any given season are really landmark fixtures and I think you can spread those out a little bit. That's just my opinion anyway, but I think you could spread them out a little bit better than this. Yeah, yeah. I think this is where this is where yeah, yeah fixturing then it needs to be looked at a bit closer though. I know I know the clubs will probably have a say and all that, but like I said, again, it's some at some point it's got to be for the good of the good of the game. And you know, like I said it's not not shouldn't just be about uh what the clubs want. Entirely, I said, like I said, if we're trying to market this league, um, and also as well, get fans to the grounds as well. Like, so it's all well and good, you know, having it back to back on FQTV. It's, you know, you can just sit back and, and relax and, you know, watch both games almost back to back. But, uh, yeah, like I said, if you want big, big bumper crowds, you've got to at least allow the neutrals to be able to see both games. And, um, yeah, it would be very difficult for, for anyone to get from uh, Carrara to Richlands in enough time to actually see both games. You may be able to, you know, if you're going to break some land speed records. But, um, yeah, I just I just think, yeah, sometimes, you know, with the fixture, and we don't normally complain too much about this, but this is one occasion where I say uh, FQ needs to sort of really look at uh, the scheduling and, you know, what times. And, you know, is it the best for the game itself and marketing the game. Well, you the might be able to, I think Clive Palmer used to um, travel around on his 
helicopter to get to Canada. So maybe you could do that. That might be about the only way you could get from Carrara to Red to Red to Ritsons of Eggie Pardon in terms of the game. But we might not talk any further about him before he starts bringing out his freedom of speech banners and, and all the rest of it. So we'll move on from that. We won't, We've had bring, we won't harken back to right? the old Gold Coast United days. They're a much, much more better run club nowadays. We'll move on, Adam, to the performer of the week. What do you got for us? Um, look, it's a, it's a good week uh, for for Morton Bay and Morton Bay, ex-Morton Bay players are all getting uh, hat-tricks. Look, my performer of the week is I'm in a photo finish. I'm going to give it to Marquez Walters, mainly for his hat-trick and his celebrations. And that gets him over the line just over Rio, I know. Those celebrations are certainly unique, weren't there? No doubt about that. I'll, <laughs> I'll he go- has... It's been a while since we've seen that, uh, you know, but no, it's in all seriousness, it's good to see Marquez get back to scoring goals. We've, we've, I've seen him over a number of years as a, as a junior at uh, Brisbane City. His brief time at Raw Academy, he went away to Victoria. This is a big opportunity for him to really sort of establish himself as you know, an MPL level footballer, and you know, this hat trick will go a long way to uh, you know give him confidence. So you mentioned it was a good week for Morton Bay and also former Morton Bay players a lot. Of- that's a hint for where I'm going with mine. I thought Zach Kip was absolutely outstanding for Olympics. He had three goals, could have had a couple more as well, and he was outstanding for them tonight in their winner of Minnesota. So he's my performer of the week, and it's an absolutely outstanding. All I can say is an outstanding performance from him, Adam. Yeah, um, and also as well, at some point, we're going to have to give a defender a performance of the week. <laughs> it, seems to be, it seems to be attackers and how many goals can score gets a performance of the week. So, it's not uh, this weekend, given the amount of goals well, that scored yeah. in all, all, all five competitions. Yeah, defender's got to own this week, but eventually, we I promise we are going to give a defender a performer of the week one day. Wasn't there a defender's round in the A-League at one point? Oh, yeah. But Maybe no. we should bring in defender's round. That might be the week we do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that was just of the Britain Footballers MPL Sunday show. Adam, you join me once again. Yep. Thanks, Scott. To so keep an eye for all the midweek MPL catch-up games, and we'll talk to you once again next weekend.